Hello, and welcome to the Antioch Fort Worth weekly podcast. At Antioch, our desire is to cultivate a passion for Jesus and his purposes on the earth. To connect with us in community, partner with us through giving, or visit on a Sunday morning, please visit AntiochFortWorth.com. We hope you enjoy this week's sermon from lead pastor, Jamie Miller. Good morning, everybody. How y'all doing? Well, um, I... Got a purple shirt somewhere back in there in hopes that I might be able to wear it on the Sunday before TCU plays in the national championship. So don't know how many times I'll get to say that. Go Frogs. But uh, maybe again. Um, But we'll see. So that's fun. Um, Y'all doing good? It's great to see your faces. Man, I, I needed to be in the presence of God with you today. I really did. Really encouraged me to worship. Um, I, I said it, I may say it again, but I, it, just, it was profound. We were in an elder's prayer time the other day and one of the guys said, you know, we need the presence of God more than we need a thousand sermons. And I thought, wow, they, they count for something. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but, but uh, you know, he's right. We need the presence of God. You know, if we don't get that, then you know, listening to stuff and just feeding on things that's going in our heads, but it's not touching our hearts. We're missing, we're missing the reality, the truth of it. And so, you know, with that, let's just, let's just pause here and just, I want to ask everybody to just close your eyes for a second. Let's just turn to the Lord. Turn to Jesus. Turn to Jesus, who is the Lord. See him beckoning you into his presence to follow him. Love you. And together we say, Jesus, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. You are the incarnate, crucified, resurrected, ascended and returning Lord of heaven and earth. We love you and we want to follow you. We turn our hearts in prayer right now in the name of Jesus and together say, amen. It's good. Feel the lift in the room just by exercising faith. You know, we, we need that. Um, you know, New Year's resolutions are real. They're a thing. I don't know that they always last. It's kind of almost a joke sometimes, right? But um, they're real, you know, and there's, there's a reason for it. Uh, there's a reason that there's a fitness machine ad everywhere I turn. Um, it's because there's a resolution backing that up. And, of course, the money's involved and new products are sold. And if you're in the fitness machine business, Lord bless you. Um, <laughs> but I opened my browser the other day, uh, and it just goes to the Apple uh, page. And uh, I don't know. I think it's, it's built in that way. That's why it <laughs> does that. But uh, I know you can change it. I just haven't changed it. But, but I, I open it up, and there's two people in there working out, and they're like sliding, and they're doing this thing like this. And I'm like, what does this have to do with Apple? And then I realized that Apple has a new fitness thing, and they're making, they want me to make the connection to buying a new iPhone or a watch or something, right? And so it really is a real thing. And so it's important for us, and may we all be healthy in 2023. Amen. Lord bless you to health, physically. In the name of Jesus, do the stuff you need to do. 
not just as a resolution. We'll talk about that in a second. That's actually what we're talking about today. Not specifically that, but we want to order our private worlds. And the, the reality is that the, at this time of year, there really is, when I'm, I'm doing this, it's like liminal space. We're leaving one thing, 2022, and we're coming into the new thing, 2023. And it's a good time to go, hey, what was working last year? And what, what brought joy in my life and what was not working and brought a sense of loss in my life. And I want to do more of the things this year that bring life and joy and peace and, and true deep happiness in God um, and, and not do the things that lead to disappointment. You know, appointment is with Jesus and where he's at. Disappointment is apart from him. You know, so we want to be appointed and attached uh, to Jesus in a very real way. And so, and discern that. And, you know, part of what we do in getting ready for that process is we say, Lord, what are you saying for 2023? And we've been doing that as a movement in the Antioch movement. We've been doing that as a church. You know, in the movement, uh, we were in Rome for a team leaders gathering a few months ago. And we, as a leadership team, but also just the whole group, we heard this word, unity of the spirit. And it was like, Lord brought it together in such a clear way, unity of the spirit. And that's the word of the Lord for us as a, as a people, as a movement going forward into the next year, unity of the spirit. And he gave us some specific passages, Jesus prayer in John 17, you know, praying for our unity in Acts 2. We've been Acts 2 people that experience that kind of unity and communion and partnership together in the gospel. That also Ephesians 4 is kind of the plan for how we walk that out, maintain it, keep hold of the ones, all the seven ones that are there, one God, Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, all of that. And so along with that word, we are already going in with unity, but, but then the Lord said, it's not just any kind of unity, it's a surrendered unity to him. And we just dramatically had this, this word that came to us out of Isaiah uh, 33, let go of the oars. And I've included the link in your sermon notes. Don't watch it now. But uh, I've included the link to Jimmy, who is our, the leader of the Antioch movement, sharing that word. It's about 30 minutes, but it's some of the best vision casting you'll ever hear. He's a great leader. He really is. And a great brother, great friend. But uh, let go of the oars. What does that mean to you when you hear the word, let go of the oars? And the passage has to do with the ships that are flowing in the river won't be, won't be powered by man. It's going to be powered by the spirit of the living God. So let go of the oars. It's not don't care. It's just what's powering the ship. And we need the power of God. I need the power of God. We need the power of God. We need a move of God in our lives. And just so earnestly. And then we've also been praying and seeking the Lord about the word of the Lord for Antioch, Fort Worth. And we, you know, the last couple of years, I've been able to just turn that word, the word that was being spoken to us into a sermon for each week. And try as I might, <laughs> I could not get these words into like one sermon each week. And it's listen. The Lord wants us listening this year. The Lord wants us surrendered. Surrendered, not us, but you, Lord. We kept hearing uh, first love, Revelation 1, 
Jesus coming to the church at Ephesus, which we deeply and dearly identify with. I would, you guys have heard me say, Ephesians is the Mount Everest of the New Testament. Of course, there's debate on that, and I welcome all other perspectives. It's all the word of God. It's just we've been so impacted by Ephesians. But then this word comes to us, remember your first love and do the things that you did at the start. And so I don't know who that's for. I know it's for me. Remember your first love, first love. And then finally, joining in with that word from the movement, unity. And I was trying to turn those into four weeks. And I, I, I just, every time I was trying to do that, I just, I would close my eyes and I kept seeing Jesus smiling at me and just doing like this in my mind's eye, just, just smiling. I think it was one of, he, he kind of looked like the, the happy Jesus, not the, the current one who's also awesome, and, but that, the Matthew Jesus you know, kind of smiling. And uh, I, I like to think about Jesus as joyful, you know, at peace and at rest in himself as he is. But um, so the word for this series that we're doing here is follow Jesus together. Let's do that. Let's follow Jesus together as we listen and surrender, return to first love and walk together in the unity of the spirit. Does that make sense? So the way we're putting this together is this first week we're talking about ordering your private world. And then we're going to talk about ordering our lives together. And then we're going to talk about ordering life together on mission, our lives on mission. And that's, that's who we are. We, talk, we do it this way year after year. It gets different titles, but it's like, how's it going with you? How's it going with us? And how's it going on the mission that God's called us to together? So I'm just trying to point that out and make it clear. The problem for me, for all of us, is the frenetic pace of life. We're hurried. We're running around. Um, Kim says to me, and I, it, because it's become more frequent, I'm hearing it more. Thank you. She, she says, Jamie, you always think that you have more time than you do. And, and it's true. And I'm, I, it makes me run around late sometimes, be a little harried when I get there, not be fully present. I know this is just, I'm just being confessional up here. It's nobody else. But, uh, um, yeah, we think, you know, Mick Jagger, uh, it's a band from a long time ago for you younger guys. Uh, time, time's on my side. Uh, yes, it is. Yes, it is. But is it? Is it? So, um, yeah, where was I? That was not in the notes. Um, try to, yeah, we, we overcommit. I'm just I'm trying to hit some of these problem things. And when we do that, when we overschedule, overcommit, all that, then we end up in a reactive mode. Not like we're reacting to people, but just reacting to situations that are happening instead of dealing with it in a more peaceful, non-anxious way. And um, so it, that's a big deal. And we end up being anxious instead of peaceful and um, just dealing with the next thing. One of the things, uh, Kim showed me some stats this week, uh, that the average American spends seven, over seven hours on a screen every day. Just think about that. It's not, it's not hard to imagine when you think about it. Uh, the average South African I don't know why South Africa, over 10 hours a day, 
Gen Z, over nine hours. So the deal is, it's not, our phones, mine's right there, our phones aren't going away. Screens aren't going away. A lot of us have to work on a screen. A lot of our work is done on a screen. So it's not screen, no screen. But it, but it is, uh, and, and I just want to say there's grace. Like, God's going to give us grace to work through the different ebbs and flows and turns and mid-course corrections in life. You know, he's going to give grace to do that. But he's also calling us to do that. He's calling us to be awake and aware, um, to not be, uh, I'm going to go ahead and plug a book that I'm, I'm, I'm just, I've just started it. So if you want to start with me, it's called Pray Like Monks, Live Like Fools by a guy named Tyler Staten, who's a pastor at Bridgetown. Am I saying that wrong? No. no? Funny title. Um, but I, it just, I watched some videos. I've got one video link for you in, in the notes as well about that. And it just is like, this brother is seeing something that I, it's, it was like good news to me in my soul about prayer. Because prayer is such an invitation for us, no matter where you're at on the spectrum. Like you could, all different kind of religions pray. And you could be a, a saint who's being called deeper into the water, into the deep end. You could be a sleepwalker who needs to wake up and have some water in your face and go, oh, what have I been doing? Or you could be a skeptic who's like, I'm not sure about this whole thing yet, but prayer is such an invitation because everybody prays from Islam, Buddhism, Christianity to atheists when there's enough pressure on to actually make them pray to a God that they don't believe in. It still happens, right? So, uh, so what do we need to do here? There's grace. Psalm 90 verse 12 says, Lord, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. And so, you know, that's what we're doing here right now. Proverbs 3, we were talking about Proverbs 3 the other day. and It promises that passage, that whole chapter, there's a bunch of promises about long life, physically even, to those who walk in wisdom. So we want to walk in wisdom. And where do we look to get the most wisdom of all? If I ever ask a question and you're not sure, you just say, Jesus because he is the living word and he is the one in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Let's read that passage together from Colossians chapter 1, 27 to 2, verse 7. Let's just go ahead and stand up. It puts the word of God in a place of honor. 127. To them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, something that was hidden but is now out and known, which is Christ in you, all of you, the hope of glory. He is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. To this end, I strenuously contend with all the energy Christ so powerfully works in me. I want you to know how hard I'm contending for you and for those at Laodicea and for all who have not met me personally. My goal is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love 
so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ. Like, you want to know God? He's, Christ is revealing God to us. And in him are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I tell you this so that no one may deceive you by fine-sounding arguments. For though I'm absent with you in body, from you, I'm present with you in spirit and delight to see how disciplined you are and how firm your faith in Christ is. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. This is the word of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Y'all have a seat. Amen. So we want to be rooted. And, uh, you know, one of the things we're going to do this year is spend some time in the Gospel of John. So just casting some vision for that as well after World Mandate is over. And so now's a preparation time for us for World Mandate. I mean, we want to be ready. We don't want to be just limping into World Mandate. We want to be on fire. We want to not be just sitting back going, well, I wonder how they're going to do this. And, you know, kind of just, you know, giving a 5.5, 6.2. Wow, this is... This is good this year. You know, it's going to be something that's going to change the culture of this church. We're excited about it. We're excited to see what God's going to do to raise up people, to change our lives, to make us disciples that know how to make disciples that are on mission, the mission of God as the people of God for the glory of God. And so, and then we're going to jump into John. That was just another little parenthesis there. But in John, you know, it's like more of this, when I say ordering your private world, a part of me does think garden. Like there's a garden in our lives that's being cultivated. Uh, there's stuff that needs to happen there, weeding and, you know, you hoeing. I do a lot of hoeing at my house. <laughs> hoeing. Um, it's a joke. Um, but, uh, but there's stuff that needs to be cultivated there in our lives. And I was mentioning this standing right back there on the platform that landing uh, to uh, dear friend Yancey last week and and he said uh, we got to go on about John 13 through 17 and he said you know John 13 through 17 is about consolation and I had that was just a new thought to me I had not thought like and I've just been thinking about it all week that Jesus the last thing he's doing is bringing consolation to his disciples and I'm telling you this now before I go so that you'll be encouraged I just thought, man, that is so good. So love one another. Love one another. Trust in God. Your hearts are anxious, but trust in God. And trust also in me. Oh, Lord, we don't know where you're going. I am the way and the truth and the life. And I'm not going to leave you as orphans. Who needs to hear that word? I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm going to be with you. And on that day, when the Holy Spirit comes, you will realize I'm in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. I mean, that brings consolation to me. It's brought consolation to me all this week. I'm the vine. You are the branches. It's like a garden kind of situation. Stay connected to me. Stuff's got to be pruned. Weeds have got to be picked up. There's stuff that needs to go, and there's stuff that needs to grow. That's what needs to happen this year. Super. The Father's the gardener. Super encouraging. And I just want to pause here and just say, you know, God has a beautiful life. Yeah. 
a beautiful life for you. He's got good things that he wants to grow up in your life. He wants the best for you. He wants you to have life and joy and peace and love and grace and gentleness and and patience and kindness and goodness growing in your lives. It's a promise. He wants that. It's not a bummer. Like the best life is actually in Christ. That's the best life there is. And so I just... I'm just trying to say that here as we jump into thinking about ordering. Why would we want to order our lives around God? It's because it's the best life. The main thing today is that we want to order our personal lives to Jesus who came to give us full and fruitful lives. So John 10.10, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus comes so that we can have life and have it to the full abundant life like that's his promise that's his word so listen to me my sheep know my voice listen to me follow me together is what Jesus is saying to us listen surrender Uh, John 15 5 I'm the vine you're the branches remain in me if you remain in me and I in you you'll bear much fruit and apart from me you can do nothing so there's a fullness and a fruitfulness that comes by walking with the Lord together. And that's what we want to, that's what we want to do. Who wants a full and fruitful life? So I got this down pretty simple here today for everybody that needs it simple. What needs to go? What needs to grow? Okay. What needs to go? Everybody cheering right now. Some stuff needs to be calibrated in my life and I think just in in our world um, things aren't going to be the way they were before COVID so we need to figure out how we're going to live life right now things aren't going to be the way they were last year we've got to figure out Lord what do you want in my life right now what needs to go weeds that need to be pulled branches that need to be pruned and trimmed Things that have gotten wild and growing all over the ground and stuff need some, need some loving snips. And the Lord will help us to do this. There's grace for it. Remember the soils. Jesus told that parable of the soils. And he said, you know, the sower is casting seed, but it's, it's landing on either hard ground where the enemy comes and snatches it. And the, the hard ground is just where everybody's traveling, the way of the world. And then sometimes it's choked out by weeds. And at other times, it's choked out in rocky soil, you know, and there's these different things, these places in our lives where we're concerned about worries and anxieties and riches and things of life, but God wants it to land on good soil that bears a harvest, 30, 60, 100 fold. So there's things that need to get cleaned out of our lives. I've, I've used this illustration for years but uh, it's one of the more uh, macho movies I watch from time to time. But it's that um, the the Secret Garden, and um, and it's about this incredible, almost magical kind of garden the kids discover. But it's overgrown and it needs weeds pulled and it needs trimming and all that kind of stuff so that the right stuff can grow in this garden. And that's us. That's us. There's stuff that needs to 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 go. Um, 
And it could be things that are really hurting us. And there's all kinds of, some of it's the same stuff because it's common to man, but it's just your story. And I want to validate and just, man, it's hard. Life is hard. We've got different stuff that hurts us. Anger, unforgiveness, anxieties, burdens, different kinds that we, we don't all understand each other, but, but it's sufferings, pain uh, that we've held on to for years. Uh, addictions, you know, something that just, where we just, we find ourselves having trouble saying no to this thing that is maybe in balance is an okay thing, but it gets, gets out of the river, gets over the banks and gets a little out of control in our lives, whatever that thing might be. So all of those things are things to really think about. But I, I mean, busyness, just acquiring things, defining ourselves by our work, workaholism, all those are things that need to be evaluated. And so the picture that uh, back in December, we had a prayer meeting and somebody had prayed, uh, Lord, we need to empty the jar. So the, the jar is this famous illustration of, go ahead and flash that thing up. Uh, it, it's just a way of looking at life. So imagine the jar is like all the 168 hours that you've got in your life. And the same amount of stuff is in both pictures. It's the same stuff. And the point is that if you don't put the rocks in the jar first, that are the most important things in our lives, our values, how we want to order life, if we don't put those rocks in the jar, then they, they can't fit in. And, and something always gets pushed. And it's really been like, personally, one thing I've realized is I've been, I've just been going through what's supposed to be a day off, just not doing it because the important things, I'm like, like a sermon, I'm just gonna be real practical. It's gotta have, I gotta stand up here and say something, but there's all kinds of other important things that are happening during the week. And I was like, well, I can just push that off until Friday or until Saturday. And then this really important thing it's not getting into the jar. Anybody identify with that? And so that's just, that's just real life here. Um, so empty the jar. So we've, just, we've been talking about just, just pouring it all out and identifying what are the most important things. You know, what, what needs to go? Because the sand and the pebbles, the small stuff, if you just let it take over, it'll take over. Just busyness, running around here and there, filling up the calendar, not praying about stuff, saying yes to everything, thinking we can do everything that's on Instagram, Facebook, and uh, you know, just and but life isn't like that. And when you balance, when you uh, when you push up against your limits, then you start to figure it out. Like I am not an unlimited supply of time and energy and resources. Um, I, I have limits, and it's a—it's actually a gift. But the question is, will we, you know, will we see that? Uh, big deal. And Jesus, uh, I really—he wants to be the door. He, he is, but he wants to be. He in our lives, where we accept that, where we say, "Lord, lead me. Let me listen to your voice on the things that are most important, and getting the most important things in the jar first. So that when all the other stuff comes, it can come, but I've made time for the most important things.
Make sense? So let's talk about that. That's what needs to go and what needs to grow. Abiding. Actually, it kind of fits with loving God, loving one another, um, stuff that he desires for us. A, A big rock would be our relationship with God, spending time with God, ordering the first part of the day with the Lord, um, ordering, just getting some rhythms in our lives where we're going to pray in the morning. I'll say some more practicals about that in a second. But uh, our relationships with others, uh, this is a big deal, loving one another. And, and I always say enjoy. My dad and the Lord, Don Finto, years ago, I showed him some cards I'd written about mission statements and stuff like that. He said, Jamie, this is great, but, but you need to add enjoy on there so that there's like, you're not just trudging through your mission statement, but you're enjoying a life of fellowship with God and with others. Like there's a joyful part of this. It doesn't mean there's not hard things. We go through hard stuff, but enjoy a relationship with others. Um, and I, I think that's, that's important as we evaluate what's going to happen in our family. We're in the liminal space. What's going to happen in our personal family, in my private life, in my time with God, in my time with others? Really huge. Uh, another kind of key rock area, and you might have some a big rock, but then some smaller rocks, but rest and health. That's kind of a, an area, a domain, let's say. Rest and health, getting the right rest. I'm str- yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm working on it. We're working, we're praying, but getting the right rest rhythms and getting the right health riz- rhythms. Um, you know, what we eat, how we sleep, working out, you know, that just whatever that looks like. It looks like a lot of walking for us. Might look like something different for you. Um, my days of yelling in the gym are over. Uh, <laughs> I never was a big yeller. <laughs> Did it for years, very consistently, but it was more just, I was there, I'm going to make that space, and uh, whatever. Um, ah! Somebody's going to say something to me afterwards about this. Hey, it's all right, I still grunt. Um, then vocation, enjoying God's purpose for us through our work, you know, and finding out what is God doing through what we do in our vocations, you know, whether it's healthcare or medicine or hearing or all the different things that we do, finding God's calling in that. What are the rocks and what goes into my schedule? It's an interesting, uh, this is, this is interesting, uh, I'm reading this book, uh, someone had recommended called From Strength to Strength. And uh, Arthur, oh, forgot the guy's last name, but From Strength to Strength. And he's a Harvard professor who teaches an MBA class on happiness. And the class fills up in like 90 seconds every time it's offered. Like it's really popular. And all these Harvard MBA students get in there and the first thing he asks is, what's the key to happiness? And the answer always comes back, money and fame money and fame. And so he's working through that. He's, he's a follower of Jesus and trying to help people uh, see what is the most important thing, what's going to lead to happiness in life. And he, one of the things he cites, and I'm hearing this study cited you know, frequently now, but it was a study that started in 1938 um, with some Harvard students, then it got broadened to urban 
uh, different kids and stuff, but it's a study that's been going continuously since 1938. It's still going on. And all these thousands of people involved in this study, and they've been studying what makes people happy and what leads to dissatisfaction and unhappiness. And some of it's pretty understandable, but the overarching number one thing that leads to happiness is relationships. Relationships. Now, that's not surprising to us because we believe in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who reveals his relationship with the Father in the Spirit and their shared communion and love. And through his sacrifice for us, he brings us into that life-giving relationship of love with God and with each other. There's union with God. There's communion with God. There's communion with one another. There's partnership in God. So this is not, it's not like it didn't take an 85-year-long study for us to figure this out. Jesus was on point with it years ago, right? So the most important thing for us is to get the right rocks, knowing what we know about God, and just to get the, get the right rocks in the jar. And I will say, this is not easy. It's not easy. Uh, dumping your jar out and actually looking at what's working and what's not working, and then starting to put, decide on what rocks go back in the jar. I can tell you right now, some of my most life-changing conversations have been with Kim about this very issue. I mean, where we, you know, and they're hard because you're talking about your schedule you're talking about a night of the week. You're talking about what needs to change, what's got to go. Where do we actually want to grow in, in different areas? And saying, what's going to lead to me treasuring Jesus Christ more this year? Because ultimately, it's the treasuring Jesus Christ and the power of the Spirit that will lead us out of the things that are killing us, harming us, stressing us, making us anxious. It's Jesus and the power of the Spirit that's gonna help us there. So, most important thing, put the big rocks in. And uh, you know, you've heard me say this before, but time with God is the most, each morning, it's the most important pastoral advice that I can give you, just starting your day with a simple, some kind of rhythm of, of and it looks as different as there are people. You don't have to do it one way. Uh, I've been experimenting more lately with silence in that first little bit of time, that's kind of new for me, just silence being still. This past week, Wednesday, Thursday, just spent, I, I had to lead a prayer meeting early and so I just was spending that, that first few moments in silence and the Lord started unpacking love for me in a way that I, I couldn't comprehend at the time, but I knew it was deeper. It was down below the iceberg surface of what was actually going on in his love for me. And it just super encouraged my heart, just in silence. Prayer, asking for things, being with the Lord, worship, giving praise to God in the morning, opening up the Bible. Um, again, I just, there's this, about this book, the Tyler Statton book that I mentioned earlier. Uh, there's an interview, and it's, it's at Bridge, what's that church, Bridge? Bridgeway, Bridgetown. Uh, it's a church in Portland where John Mark Comer was the lead pastor. Now this guy, Tyler Staten, is the pastor. 
But uh, Tim Mackey, who heads up the Bible Project, is a part of that church. And so Tim, God used Tyler to really bring about renewal and revival in Tim Mackey's life, who's blessed us all through the Bible Project. He's a, he calls himself a Bible nerd, and uh, he studies the Bible a lot. But it was in this reflective communion with God, a, re a renewal of being silent and still before the Lord, that the Lord has really grabbed a hold of his heart and in a fresh way. And uh, I mean, it just took, to me, such humility to just say that. You know, here he is discipling a lot of people, you know, and yet there was this fresh thing that needed to happen in his own life about his uh, fellowship and communion with the Lord. Um, getting up to spend time with God is not a burden. Uh, it, it is some discipline that you have to stick in at the start, but it's discipline like, uh, like brushing your teeth is discipline. I don't know how much you think about that as discipline, but it's a, it is a blessing to you. And it's a blessing to everyone around you. And so if that helps, you know, so there's a desire to have intimacy with God that we walk through a few steps of discipline but it leads to great delight in our lives. There's joy there. There's fulfillment there. There's, uh, even when, I, when we're blowing it in some area of life, if you're getting up to spend time with God, it keeps you from just going further and further and further into the ditch. And just at least you're turning, you know, within 24 hours, you're, you're turning to the Lord again in a fresh way by his grace. So, there's so many great resources. We, you know, me standing up here, and I, I, I've been sharing this message for as long as I've been preaching, but we, we can resource you if you want to spend time with God. We can help you. Um, I put a bunch of resources there uh, in your notes on how to spend time with God. I would point you first to Jesus Christ. Just start praying the model prayer. If you don't know what to do, just pray the kingdom prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Just pray as the Lord uh, has taught us. Um, I've used the ACTS thing, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. Just means praise the Lord, offer thanksgiving, confess sins, and... Um, and um, supplication just means ask for things. L is listen. And, and we jokingly, last few years at least, we've figured out if you don't like that order, you can change it. Cats will work. Tax will work. Um, scat will work. You know, it just depends on what kind of mood you're in, you know. Like, praise you, Lord, or Lord, I'm a mess, or Lord, I just thank you this morning, or Lord, I've got some stuff I need. And you can mix it all up. But then get to listening. Just, Lord, what's the, what's the next step? What's the next step with, with you, with my family, with what I've got today on my plate? Help me, Lord. Help, lead me. And that's where the authority is. It's, it's his authority. And the more we can bring that into our sphere, the more it's going to bless the world. Um, Rich Velotis, uh, simple, that simple prayer is uh, his simple prayer is enjoy the simple presence of God in silence. Just you can do this in 10 minutes. Listen for God's word to me through scripture 
for this particular moment and thoughtfully express to God the thoughts and feelings of my own mind and heart. Um, okay, so if you don't, if nothing else, what about the Bible app? There's like 52, 92 trillion Bible plans and ways of spending time with God. We're, we're not under-resourced. This is about the rocks in the jar. What's most important? What's the priority in life? The first 15, Campus Crusades got a great prayer guide. Uh, Tyler Hardy's got this Alone with God booklet. I've got a link there in your uh, sermon notes as well. And uh, I'll just say it this way. If you'll be in that space, good things will happen. If, if you'll get there, good things will happen, even if you don't know everything that you're supposed to be doing. And it may not be fireworks going off, glory of God, you know, I've got a halo of glow, and I'm on my knees, and I'm there, and the light's shining on me, and it may not be like that every morning. It has been in times past, but, but it's more just being there, and being with a friend, and, and talking with the Lord, and listening to the Lord. You're building a life. You're cultivating a garden. That's what's going on. Jesus is the life. And what we need isn't just more and more and more and more sermons. You know, I, you can, again, you could listen to six sermons a day, and I don't know where this one fits in all those, but what you need is the presence of God. That's, that's what I need. That's what changes me and changes us, the presence, the presence of God. Um, so remember the, the jar? Does that help you guys? What would happen if you kind of dumped it out and actually looked at what those rocks are or the rocks that you want in there versus the busyness that's just kind of crowding out on our lives or just straight up things that we're really given a lot of time to that need to, need to go, you know? Is there screen management that needs to happen in our lives? Like, how much is enough? Well, something is right, probably, our work and things, but how much is enough? Lord, help us get the most important things in the jar. And I would say even after, that something that's been really important for me and Kim is when we write it down. We get to some clarity and then write it down, and we've actually literally done this in the past, sign it. We're working through some stuff right now. We haven't done it and signed it, but, but that's, it just, what do I say about this? Uh, the, the weakest ink is better than the strongest memory. We've said that about journaling for years. So some of us will do it. Maybe all of us. So, <laughs> I had a, people, a couple people just smiling real big at me. <laughs> but I, I Lovingly, it's grace. It's a, it's a challenge for us. And change can be hard. Just most, most change is hard, but it's worth it. Um, I was lamenting some of the hard things. I was on a sermon planning call the other day. We do, do this in team, and Jim Reynolds was on, uh, was on the call, and I was lamenting some stuff, and and he said, Jamie, you know, 2 Corinthians was written at the end of Paul's life, you know, and uh, he, he said, Weak, weakness is permanent. I'm like, doggone it. 
Just weakness is part of our humanity. And we don't get it all perfectly figured out, but we're in process. And we're on a journey. And we want to grow. We don't outgrow hard things, but we do grow. And it is a journey. And like Psalm 84 says, blessed are those whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. They are ever praising the Lord. And so here we are at the beginning of 2023, and we're not done. God has more for us. There's more growth for us. There's more that he wants us to do and to grow into. There's more he's got for you, and there's more he's got for me. There's more he's got for us. We're going to talk about that next week, our lives together. But a key part of our life together is what happens in our own private lives. So as we order our private world, God gives us also grace to order life in community together and life on mission and on purpose together. Father, would you just give us grace now as we're responding to you to fix our eyes on Jesus. Lord, would you help us to see what needs to go, what needs to grow. Lord, help us to, this, this word about emptying the jar uh, so that we can listen, surrender, return to first love, walk in unity together. Lord, we want to do that uh, for your glory and your honor. And yeah, Lord, just seeing the kingdom come in our city and in the world, seeing things made right. In the name of Jesus, amen. Stand up and let's just respond to the Lord here for a few minutes. And uh, worship team's coming up. If I get some ministry team folks, what needs to happen in your life? And let's just get prayer about that. What, what needs to happen to order your private world? It could be something that needs to go and you need agreement and prayer about that. It could be something that needs to, you need to grow into or just even the process of doing what we're talking about this morning of emptying the jar. It takes grace. It takes time. So Lord, help us in that. And and I want to say again, prayer is the invitation to know God. It really is. It's a, it makes heaven and earth much closer. So if you need to start that journey with Jesus right here at the beginning of the year, then jump in. Let's jump in together, putting our faith and hope and trust in Jesus. And as always, whenever we pray like this, and I may need a few more people to come up and help. Um, when we pray like this, if you're going through a, just a hard time, whatever that is, man, don't leave without getting somebody to pray. It could be somebody that's just sitting close by you. Hey, would you pray for me? If the front fills up here, let's get prayer though. Let's pray in. God answers prayer. He changes things when we pray. Lord, meet us here today. Uh, change things in our lives that will change things in our families, that will change things in our work and church life that will change the world. In the name of Jesus, amen. Whatever your need is, come get prayer. Let's press in.